to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness, it's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Welcome to Vitality Radio. I'm your host every single week. My name is Jared St. Clair, and it's good to be with you again on another episode of Vitality Radio and the Vitality Radio Podcast. All right, so I've got to jump right into something that has been driving me crazy during all the madness going on right now. It's time for the morning rant. In a world full of often confusing messages about health, let Jared be your guide through the smokescreens of corporate greed, media bias, government ineptitude, and propaganda. When you see what is really happening, you'll be ranting too. It's time to expose the hidden agendas. It's time for the truth. It's time for the vital rant. Fear, 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 and more fear. Did you know that as I was preparing today's show, that I went on to NBCNews.com, their health section, and I couldn't find a single article on anything other than coronavirus. Clearly, this is a microcosm of life right now. This virus has taken over our whole world. Unfortunately, the mainstream corporate media is driving and, for the most part, controlling the narrative on this outbreak. They continue to trumpet whatever the CDC tells them to sell us. The problem with this is that there's a bunch of problems with this, but I'm going to focus on just a couple of them. Here's from an article in the New York Times a few years back. A new report finds that the Centers for Disease Control, the CDC, did a poor job of screening medical experts for financial conflicts when it hired them to advise the agency. Most of the experts who served on advisory panels in 2007 to evaluate vaccines for flu and cervical cancer had potential conflicts that were never resolved, the report said. Some were legally barred from considering the issues, but did so anyway. In the report, Daniel R. Levinson, the Inspector General for the Department of Health and Human Services, found that the centers failed nearly every time to ensure that the experts adequately filled out forms confirming they are not being paid by companies with an interest in their decisions. The report found that 64% of the advisors had potential conflicts of interest that were never identified or were left unresolved by the Centers for Disease Control. 13% failed to have an appropriate conflicts form filed with the agency at all, which should have barred their participations in the meetings entirely. Mr. Levinson found that 3% voted on matters that ethics officers had already barred them from considering. Now, here's my favorite part. After all of these discoveries, the inspector general recommended that the centers do a far better job of screening. Oh, well, thank goodness for that. Let's take this down to a more basic level here. I'm a parent. I would anticipate most of the people listening are parents, possibly even grandparents. I've often found that with my children, 
if they're lacking in their responsibilities, you know, whether it be schoolwork or a messy room or a chore that's gone undone, my kids and I, I'm sure yours as well, often aren't fully compliant with my rules. Is that hard to believe that my children would not be fully compliant with my rules? Have you ever had that in your life? Does that seem strange? Yeah, I know. I think it's all of us. One thing that I've found is that when this happens, when they don't comply, if I merely recommend that they do better, eh, not much changes. No discipline, no reversal of the recommendations or policies adopted under these clear conflicts of interest, just a recommendation that they do better. Now, if it doesn't work for your kids to recommend that they do better, then why would it work for the CDC if the inspector recommends? that they do better. The CDC cannot be trusted. Let's talk about money. When in doubt about corruption, I always follow the trail of money. Of the $1.05 trillion in revenue for the global pharmaceutical market, nearly half of it, $515 billion to be exact, comes from the United States and Canada. However, the two countries make up only around 7% of the total world population. So in other words, half of the pharmaceuticals being sold in the world are sold right here in North America. And yet we only make up 7% of the total world population. So there's a lot of money here in this country and our neighbors to the north, half the money, $515 billion on pharmaceuticals. So of course, they're going to have some sway, right? How about this number, $5.2 billion. That's how much was spent on prescription drug advertising in just the year 2015, $5.2 billion. The largest chunk of that amount was for television advertising. So it's not hard to see why mainstream media, such as CNN, give Big Pharma a shameless pass. I mean, drug ads are estimated to account for as much as 72% of commercials And almost all media companies allow drug company representatives to serve as board members. Even more conflict of interest. So, how does all this affect how media outlets are going to influence thought and behavior in America? Well, I found an article on the Children's Defense Network. And they state that on March 12, 2020, so we're talking just over a month ago, Anderson Cooper and Dr. Sanjay Gupta, held a global town hall on corona facts and fears. I love when the news uses the word facts. Facts and fears. During the discussion, Anderson Cooper said to the viewing audience, and again, if you are concerned about coronavirus and you haven't gotten a flu shot, you should get a flu shot. Setting safety and efficacy of influenza vaccination aside, Is Anderson Cooper's claim that the flu shot will help people fight COVID-19 even remotely true? Well, the short answer is absolutely not. In fact, the results of many peer-reviewed published studies prove that Anderson Cooper's recommendation may have been the worst advice he could have given the public. Now, keep in mind that Anderson Cooper is not a medical expert, but as he is sitting with a doctor, as he said that, people will listen And a percentage of those people will do as they have been told. I would anticipate a lot of people, maybe hundreds or thousands, maybe tens of thousands. I don't know. CNN has a pretty broad reach, went out and got a flu shot after that recommendation. 
In searching the literature, the only study we have been able to find assessing flu shots and the coronavirus is a 2020 U.S. Pentagon study that found that the flu shot increases the risks from coronavirus by 36%. Receiving influenza vaccination may increase the risk of other respiratory viruses, a phenomenon known as virus interference, vaccine-derived virus interference was significantly associated with coronavirus. Now, so if 36% higher likelihood of problems with coronavirus from people who are vaccinated with the flu shot, and that makes sense if you understand how the flu shot works and how vaccines work, they often cause what's called a cytokine storm. And we're finding with coronavirus that one of the things that is actually killing people is a cytokine storm uh, that impacts the lungs in, an, in a very aggressive way. So is there more evidence besides that one study? How about this? In 2018, the CDC study showed that flu shots increased risk of non-flu acute respiratory illnesses, that's called ARI, in children. The CDC supported the study and concluded an increased risk of acute respiratory illness among children under 18 years old caused by non-influenza respiratory pathogens post-influenza vaccination compared to unvaccinated children during the same time. So in other words, if they got the flu shot, they were more likely to get other non-influenza-related respiratory pathogens than if they didn't have the flu shot. In 2011, in Australia, a study showed that flu shot doubled the risk of non-influenza viral infections and increased flu risk by 73%. Now, there's one that says that it doubled the risk of non-influenza, but even increased the risk of flu by 73%. There's a lot of other things that have backed up my claim for years that the flu shot is a hoax. And you can come after me on that if you want to, but I've routinely asked people to prove to me that the flu shot works and nobody seems to be able to. There aren't double-blind, placebo-controlled studies, but the studies that we do have seem to indicate that even if it helps with the flu, which they have not proven, it seems to indicate that it actually makes other respiratory illnesses worse if somebody gets one and makes you even more susceptible to them. Now, in 2010, and I've talked about this before on Vitality Radio, the Cochrane Collaboration's comprehensive meta-analysis where they take a bunch of studies on the flu shot, put them all together and boil it all down, to tell you what it comes out to. And the Cochrane Collaboration is respected for one main reason. They do not take funding from pharmaceutical companies. They take all the information, they boil it all down, they throw out the studies that don't make any sense, they take the studies that do have validity, and then they tell you what it all means. And in 2010, just 10 years ago, they said that the influenza vaccine has no effect on hospitalization, and that there is no evidence that vaccines prevent viral transmission or complications. The Cochrane researchers concluded that the scientific evidence seems to discourage the utilization of vaccination against influenza in healthy adults as a routine public health measure. In fact, in their meta-analysis, The Cochrane researchers accused the CDC of deliberately misrepresenting the science in order to support their universal influenza vaccination recommendation. Nevertheless, CNN 
and other mainstream media outlets continually broadcast CDC pronouncements as gospel and ironically ridicules those of us who actually read the science as purveyors of misinformation. See how that works? Now, there's been a lot of talk of conspiracy theory during this COVID-19 thing. A lot of people pointing out the tinfoil hats, and there's all kinds of stuff out there. And I'll be the first one to tell you that I have no idea fully what's going on here. But I do know that there are big conflicts of interest out there. And I don't necessarily see that as a conspiracy as much as just simple money. Let's talk about this a little bit. Let's talk about it like in regular life. I say, and I've already said, and I'll continue to say that the CDC cannot be trusted. The overarching theme during this coronavirus scare has been that we must trust the experts. So what is an expert? According to Webster's, an expert is a person with a high degree of skill or knowledge of a certain subject. And I would say that there are many people at the CDC who are experts. They have a high degree of skill and or knowledge of the subjects having to do with infectious disease, virology, and so on and so forth. But my mechanic is also an expert. And my mom's mechanic, I'll say former mechanic, was an expert on auto mechanics. But when I went to my mom's former mechanic, because my car was closer to them, he quoted me $1,800 for a repair that my mechanic, who I usually used, quoted me and then fixed for under $500. Both experts, but one maybe not as trustworthy as the other. There are very smart people in many areas of expertise. That does not mean that they are trustworthy. Because I know very little about fixing a car, if I have a car problem, I have to get multiple opinions if a big repair comes up. In the case of the one I just shared with you, it saved me $1,300. And that is my point here. I always say, don't take my word for it. I'm Jared St. Clair. I have a health food store and I talk a lot about vitamins and herbs. That in and of itself, it's a bit of a conflict of interest if I'm telling you, hey, we should do natural things instead of pharmaceutical things. Of course. I want to stay in business. I want to sell natural things. So you have to be one who is willing to look at all the options. I try to represent as much as I possibly can myself as an independent source of information. I try not to, in fact, I use the information I get is almost entirely from the government and pharmaceutical companies. I use their information to expose their lies. Because if I just come from a place of independence, and throw out my views and ideas on things, it doesn't hold a lot of water. But when I use their information, I think sometimes it gets people to raise a few eyebrows. So if the experts represent a government agency, then there are better than average chances that they aren't giving you the full truth or the full story. We must be vigilant in sourcing reputable but not necessarily mainstream sources for our information, especially when it comes to our health. The last thing you want to do is listen to a guy like Anderson Cooper say, go get a flu shot and say, well, he said it. There was a doctor sitting next to him and the CDC said so. There are many people in medicine right now pointing at the CDC and saying, quit recommending the flu shot. Quit recommending the flu shot, especially for pregnant women, especially for little children. 
but anybody routinely, we have no proof that it works. And yet they'll continue to tell us that it works. They'll continue to tell us that we'll have less problems if we get the flu, which is not true and has never been backed up by science. And now you have idiots like Anderson Cooper saying, go get a flu shot because it'll help with coronavirus, which is completely illogical. Completely illogical. And yet people aren't experts on health, generally speaking. We're not virologists. I know a lot about health. I know a lot about herbs. I know a lot about vitamins. I know a fair amount about drugs, but I'm not a virologist. I'm not an infectious disease expert. I have to do my own research to figure out what the truth is. And what I'm asking you to do right now is keep your eyes open. Do your own research as to what the truth is. I'll bring you as much as I can, but there's plenty of other good areas that you can research this as well. And right now, it's being blocked on Google. It's being blocked on Facebook. There is active censorship of this information. I recommend DuckDuckGo as a search engine right now until somebody big buys them out and causes problems. But you can find better information. I'm going to have to wrap this up. That's the rant for the day. I have a great interview coming up with Dr. Michael Lewis. I think you're going to really, really like him. Uh, He was involved on the ground during SARS and MERS, the first two big coronavirus scares back in the early 2000s in China. And uh, he has a lot of good information to share with us about how to combat the stress of this craziness that's going on. I appreciate you listening to me. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you so much for your attention to the Vitality Radio Show and the Vitality Radio Podcast. Please tell your friends, share it, find it, and uh, give us some positive reviews. Anything you can do helps to get the word out to more people about the information that we have here on Vitality Radio. Thank you so much for listening to me. I'll be right back with an interview with Dr. Michael Lewis. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. After decades of helping people with their nutritional supplement needs, I have observed something that seems almost universal. People seem to have a lot of products that they have experimented with. Some might have been recommended by a blogger online, others from a magazine article, and yet another by a friend or family member. Information is coming at us at a rapid pace nowadays, and everyone has an opinion. The problem is that there is only one really big wild card in health and nutrition, and that wild card is you. I know you've heard the infomercials, seen the ads, or talked to that neighbor who has that cure-all product that can do it all for your health. The problem is, that supplement doesn't exist. What's right for your neighbor isn't always right for you. At Vitality Nutrition, we've been asking the right questions for years. What I mean by this is, we don't just sell supplements, we consult with our clients and ask them the key questions needed to make sure we match the right supplement to the right person. If you feel better about a team approach to your health, give us a call and one of our well-educated Vitality team members will answer your questions and help you find just what it is that you need to address your health concerns naturally. You can reach us at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Or drop us an email, info at vitalityradiopod.com. That's info at vitalityradiopod.com. Welcome back to Vitality Radio. I'm your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair. It's good to be with you again on another episode of Vitality Radio. 
You know, I've actually brought information to you uh, from my next guest uh, in written form and uh, through a couple of uh, his cohorts, but I've never had him on the show. I'm excited to have him, and I'm going to introduce him in just a moment. Before I do, I'll remind you that Vitality Radio is always brought to you by Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful, your local source for all things health, nutrition, and fitness. We would love to help you uh, with any of your health needs if you just give us a call, 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Also, join us online. Uh, Facebook.com slash Vitality Radio is a great place to uh, get involved in the conversation. You can also go to our website, VitalityRadio.com. You can listen to old shows there. You can listen to this show again. You can share it with family and friends. And of course, we are a podcast on all the major platforms. So if you're listening on local radio right now, uh, please check out the podcast. It's a great way to be able to listen on your own terms and share it with your friends and family. Okay, without further ado, I'd like to introduce my guest. His name is Dr. Michael Lewis. He's a graduate of West Point and Tulane School of Medicine, spent 31 years in the Army and finished as a colonel. And in the early 2000s, he did some something that sounds pretty cool and interesting to me anyway. He was a disease hunter uh, during the time of SARS and the bird flu, and I'm really happy to have him on to share his expertise with us. Welcome, Dr. Lewis. Hey, great to be with you, Jared. So we talked a little bit before the show. We could probably go for about nine hours on the topics we're going to hit, but we got about half an hour to do it. So we'll jump right in. Right now, during this crisis, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic that's going on, there are a lot of different thoughts, I guess, that have been uh, popping around my head, most of them early on about immunity and what we can do about immunity. So for the last few weeks, we've, I've talked a lot about that. But lately, over the last few days, couple of weeks, I would say, I've seen more and more startling statistics about mental health aspects of this lockdown. And so I want to put a lot of focus today on what people can do during these stressful times to mitigate stress. What, what types of things are you recommending? Well, the biggest thing that I'm finding is <laughs> information overload. Just, you know, you're stuck at home. So the natural tendency is, you know, to have the news on, whether it's a TV or uh, radio on your computer. Nowadays, you know, we've got these smartphones, these supercomputers in the palm of our hands. We are just inundated 24-7 with news. That's There's no good news out there. It's all very stressful. So the biggest thing that I am trying to tell people uh, and is to limit your access to the information. You know, there was a time when we were kids, you got the morning newspaper and maybe watch the evening news. And that was it. And that was plenty. There's not enough news to fill 24 hours a day. And so what happens is the, the media repeats things and then you get people throwing their opinions on top of things. And you know what they say about opinions. <laughs> so it just goes on and on. And if you're not getting enough there, then you're on social media and you're getting hammered there from, you know, your friends on the left and your friends on the right that all have, you know, sometimes good information and sometimes crazy information, but it's still information overload. Step away from it. Number one, absolutely put your phone down, which leads to number two, three, and four kind of thing is put your phone down, turn off the news, 
put on some nice music, for example, but more importantly, get outside and exercise. A hundred percent. And I know that goes against a lot of what we're hearing, but there's absolutely, and I was just saying, yeah, I think yesterday or maybe even this morning, and the studies came out that showed that outside and exercise is actually strengthening your immune system. Well, yeah, I mean, this is not new news. So the idea of, you know, you got to be holed up in your house is absolutely absurd. Get outside. Um, you know, I was talking to a friend. She was telling me she walked three miles literally around her house. You know, so you, you don't even have to leave your, your yard if you, you know, if that's the case. But get outside and exercise because you're going to get fresh air. You're going to get vitamin D and, you know, from the sunshine. And it's going to help your immune system. And what else is really, you know, do it with loved ones, you know, take a walk with your family or a bike ride with your family. I've seen lots of families out biking around with the kids and stuff like that. That's awesome. I, I think that's great. And eating, you know, get always the basics we should be doing anyway is uh, eat right and exercise, um, yep. you know, eating more natural foods, you know, focus a little more on fruits and vegetables. Put down the cake, the candy, the sugar, the sodas, the fruit juices. You know, I brought up my kids, taught them, you know, I, I didn't feed them milk and I didn't feed them fruit juice um, and didn't feed them soda. I mean, you want something to drink, drink water. <laughs> that sounds so old fashioned, doctor. I know, it's so old fashioned. <laughs> uh, I at least didn't make them drink it from the hose like we did when we were kids. <laughs> There you go. But, you know, eat, eat right and exercise. Eat healthy and decrease and eliminate as much as possible. Definitely the simple sugars, but decrease the carbohydrates and get your carbohydrates from fruits and vegetables. Basically, if you, wanna, if you want something to follow, if, you gotta, if you're that kind of a person that needs to give me more guidance, look up the Mediterranean diet. That's really about the best all around healthy diet that you can really do for yourself, which is exactly what I just said. Put down the simple sugars, limit the carbohydrates, focus on fruits and vegetables, add in some lean meats and particularly seafood, uh, and you'll be far better off. Yeah, I completely agree. In fact, it's interesting that uh, I've found at the grocery stores, the things that are in the shortest supply are white flour, white sugar, cornstarch, all the stuff that people are baking with. And uh, that's not necessarily the best way. Those are the comfort foods, no doubt. But uh, we want to stay away from those if we're trying to mitigate stress. And and the outside thing, I do believe, regardless of where you stand on the the lockdown that's currently happening in terms of, you know, its impact on the disease or the virus, I should say, its impact on the economy and all the other impacts that are, are spread around. One thing that you don't need to let it impact is your personal fitness. You can definitely get outside and, and uh, take part in those things. My kids and I had a great weekend of almost 100% outdoor play. We played basketball. We played ladder ball. We played bocce ball. We ran around the yard. We did all that kind of stuff. Uh, bike riding is fantastic, like you mentioned. So 100%, we got to get out there. And, and it makes a huge impact, not just on our health in the long term, but on our stress response. We, uh, we tend to calm down much, much more once we uh, get that exercise in. So let me ask you this. A lot of people, I think, aren't very clear on this, and I'd like your take on it. How does reducing stress improve immunity? 
depends on how much you want to get into the biochemistry of things, but uh, let's get into it. We can get into it in a minute. So a big part of it is, you know, part of it's driven by inflammation. Part of it's driven by our endogenous cannabinoid system uh, that we now know about. And, you know, certainly that's been a hot topic with CBD and cannabis and so on. And believe it or not, it all is very interrelated. So you have to remember, you go back to caveman days, for example, and you come around the corner and there's a saber-toothed tiger. And on our bodies, our systems were designed for fight or flight, right? You're facing the tiger and, you know, you better be super extra strong and ready to fight or you better be very fast and be, be ready to run. And that's our adrenal glands. Our adrenal glands flood our system immediately with cortisol and adrenaline so that we can fight or flight. Well, you know, we're not facing too many tigers these days. And so over tens of thousands of years, those systems didn't go away. We still have the fight or flight thing. It's, you know, so a little bit of stress gets us to the point of being functional but too much stress becomes overwhelming. And that's really that balance. So if our adrenal glands are working overtime, because now instead of stressing out about a tiger, we're stressed out about a virus and all the crazy you know, media attention that is flooding us because we've got nothing else to do other than paying attention to that, it's still affecting our adrenal glands the exact same way. Is flooding our bodies with cortisol. And because of the cortisol, that actually impacts on our cannabinoid system that increases the amount of what's called fatty acid amide hydrolase or FA and the FA enzyme. And the and FA enzyme breaks down a endogenous cannabinoid called anandamide that is basically our happy molecule. So why I call it a happy molecule, we, you know, you think about runner's high, uh, you know, you go for a run, you feel really good, that runner's high, that, that feeling good, that's, we used to call them endorphins, but it's actually um, cannabinoids, our endogenous cannabinoids, principally uh, the one that's called anandamide, which literally means bliss molecule. So anandamide's got a very short half-life. It ke- it's made on demand. It's our happy molecule. And it's broken down pretty quickly by fatty acid amide hydrolase. So if stress is increasing the cortisol, which is increasing the FA enzyme, it means that anandamide's not hanging around very long, if at all. And when anandamide's broken down, it gets broken down into arachidonic acid, the omega-6. And omega-6s promote inflammation. Their downstream effect is inflammation. And so we're literally that stress has a direct correlation to inflammation, which is hurt, which hurts not just our immune system, but our mental health, our physical health, you know, when it's especially when it's chronic, you know, when it's really bad, we see things like rheumatoid arthritis and all these diseases uh, that are inflammatory mediated um, go up. So when I was a kid, I like it was rare that we had uh, any kids that had allergies and asthma. That was like rare. You know, it's commonplace now. And a lot of that is it's not a lot. All of it is really driven by inflammation. 
So I know I just went in about five different directions there, but hopefully that made some sense. Well, let me ask you one little clarifying question that I'm curious about. So if um, anandamide, the bliss molecule, is present, uh, are you telling me that stress and cortisol and things like that break it down much more quickly than otherwise would happen? Absolutely. Okay. Stress increases cortisol, which increases the fatty acid amide hydrolase, which breaks down anandamide. You know, the more the indirect correlation, like the more FA enzyme we have, the less anandamide we have, and vice versa. So, okay. inter- interestingly enough, um, CBD, one of its mechanisms of action is actually to inhibit the FA enzyme. So, CBD, part of the reason why it works so well in stress, on stress and with stress is that it decreases the fatty acid, fatty, the fat enzyme. Um, so CBD decreases the fat enzyme, which means that anandamide is kept around longer. So it's kind of like, you know, an SSRI for antidepressant. Um, CBD is kind of like a, um, a, an, an anandamide version of an SSRI. It keeps uh, anandamide around longer, just like SSRIs keep serotonin around longer. CBD keeps anandamide around longer, which it also uh, happens to have a positive impact on serotonin and dopamine, dopamine receptors as well. Okay. So then this is like just about everything else. Whenever we talk about, you know, better health, we always talk about diet and exercise, right? One is, is less effective without the other. So in this case, you're first starting off by saying, let's limit the sources of stress. Let's limit the media, uh, the social media, things like that. But we're still going to experience stress in life with or without a TV, with or without an iPhone, although maybe a lot less without those two things. Um, But uh, we still have these stressors. We still have moments where cortisol comes up, things like that. So then the other thing that can be done besides avoidance of the stress, uh, the, the things that bring stress and anxiety would be to balance out that cannabinoid system. What do you suggest? CBD, first off, of course, is is the closest thing, I guess, to a uh, direct in, endogenous uh, cannabinoid. Uh, it plugs into the same receptor sites that our body's uh, cannabinoids would plug into. If someone's experiencing a lot of stress, how do you recommend supplementally that they uh, combat that then? Well, first thing is not a supplement. First thing is just breathe. If you're feeling stress, if you if it's in your shoulders or in your jaw or wherever you feel stress and you feel it coming on, the absolute most important and abs- completely immediate thing you can do, be conscious of it and take a couple of slow, deep breaths. You know, you could call it meditation if you want, but or just deep breathing. But really, I mean, I, you know, I've been on the sidelines of a lot of sports games and a kid gets hurt, goes down. And I walk out there, something I learned from my own father, you know, what happens when somebody's hurt? They're, they're shallow breathing, right? And they're all, mm-hmm. their, their stress hormones are flooding their body. And I, first thing I always do is grab the kid and make them look me right in the eye. And like, before I do anything, we're going to take a couple slow, deep breaths. And I do it with them. And slow breath in, hold it for a second or two, and a slow breath out. And do that like three good times. And you'll be surprised at how much that just calms 
the body down when you're feeling stressed. So absolutely, first thing to do is just remember how to breathe and do it. You can control so much to calm your system down with that. I 100% agree. I use that with my kids and it's it's amazing. Once you can actually get them to calm down and breathe, it changes the whole situation. And that's that's an immediate thing. I mean, you know, your question was a little bit more on that, you know, how do we deal with stress sort of not so much on the absolute immediate thing, but, you know, in general, like, you know, whether it's food or supplements, you know, my number one and two things that always, not always, I shouldn't say always, that generally help and I deal do this with almost every single patient of mine. Uh, is I deal a lot with head injuries these days, chronic concussions, people that have had a concussion months or years ago and they're still struggling. And I find it works really well with stress. I, I found this out because I would have um, you know teenage uh, teenagers come in and of course come in with them, their parents or their mom usually. And I'll be talking about these things and the mom will always say, I need that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, you know, so I actually learned from my moms that these things work for stress, even without the head injury. Number one for me is always optimal doses of fish oil. Uh, yes. Good quality fish oil, optimal doses. And I, you know, some people would say they're high doses. I don't see it as that. I see it as optimal doses. So I, I know people generally are deficient in their omega threes and fish oil supplementation is a quick way to get that balance back uh, to the point where I've had numerous patients say whether they were healthy and I was just trying it, whether it was they were stressed or whether they were in the fog of a post-concussive syndrome in one or two days they notice a massive major improvement. If it's going to help, it's going to help very quickly with the doses that I use. I'll just quickly say that that's like 3,000 milligrams of the omega-3s themselves, not just fish oil, but 3,000 milligrams of EPA and DHA, uh, the combined amount. But I do that three times a day. So it's nine grams of omega-3s a day for the first couple of days, even up to the first month. Because I know people are so deficient. And so I use that as a loading dose. And that high of a level, nine grams a day, can literally make somebody you know, clear the brain fog, decrease their anxiety, and help with their energy levels, sometimes as quick as 24 to 36 hours. So absolutely number one foundation is fish oil. That's awesome. And I'm glad you brought up the the bigger dose because one of the biggest challenges I think in our society is we kind of have this one a day mentality of uh, what we're doing with supplements. And there are certain things that one a day is sufficient. Uh, fish oil, definitely not one of those things. And uh, unfortunately, we get uh, a lot of people that think, well, I'm taking a thousand milligrams of, of fish oil. Most fish oils on the market have 300 milligrams of actual omega-3. Thankfully, there are much, much higher dosed form products out now that you don't have to take, you know, 25 capsules of. But uh, there are some really uh, excellent fish oils out there that really help. And I will tell you, Dr. Lewis, this is something we haven't discussed. But when you started recommending that dose, or when I became aware that you were recommending that dose through uh, Stuart Tomk, who was on the show well, many times, but this is probably three, four years ago now, 
uh, he, I started recommending it for people that were dealing with high levels of anxiety, uh, other types of mental health challenges. And when I could get people to do that higher dose, uh, that nine grams a day, it was um, dramatic. Uh, people have had some really, really good success with that. So I, I appreciate the uh, information that I've now been using for the last three or four years. If it's going to work, it works very quickly uh, and very dramatically. And um, the biggest issue is, number one, getting a good quality fish oil, as you mentioned. But number two is, if you're going to have any issues, it's probably something wrong with your gut health. If you're not tolerating those big doses, it's because it's either a bad fish oil product, uh, or which is usually the case, or uh, you've got something wrong with your gut health and you need to probably address that first. But we're also talking nine grams a day. That's not a long-term solution. I That's a loading dose in my opinion. Right, right. Um, so you want to get them down to a once a day type of dose of, you know, two or 3,000 milligrams. But you want to do that after you've got that balance restored. So that brings me to number two is literally hemp-derived CBD oil, you know, a, a broad-spectrum or full-spectrum hemp product. And it's interesting because what happens now, we understand biochemically, there's this great interaction between the omega-3s, our endogenous cannabinoid system, and then how hemp and particular CBD interacts with those systems to potentiate. It really becomes exponential. The combination of fish oil and hemp oil is really synergistic. And, uh, so that's the next thing I add in because it's, and I get remarks from patients all the time. That fish oil was great, but that's when I started taking that CBD, it was life changing. And, yeah. and it's usually about the anxiety. It's usually about it just fish oil helps. And then boy, it's just like throwing, you know, fuel on the fire um, to make, you know, when you add CBD in that, uh, it just really helps the focus and decrease the anxiety and allows the fish oil to do its job even better as well. Absolutely. And I've definitely seen that as well. So what do you typically recommend in terms of dose and type of CBD then? You know, the top three or four companies out there, whether you're looking at the, you know, the natural product retail space or just in overall sales, uh, the top three or four companies are the only ones I would even trust. I am very much a fan. You know, Stuart Tomp, as you mentioned, you probably talked about fish oil over, over the years. He was with Nordic Naturals for, for a while. And mm -hmm. he went over, when he left the fish oil industry he, and went to CBD industry, he went with a company that's now known as CB Sciences. They've been around about seven, probably eight or nine years now. One of the oldest, it's kind of funny, one of the oldest companies that hadn't, hadn't even been around a decade. Right. And, um, and Stuart basically dragged me over with him uh, as a medical advisor. So I know, I know Stuart very well. I know the, the quality of the product. And I just had now four or five years of experience using their plus CBD oil line of products. And I've had a number of people that, that will either come from a different product to the plus CBD oil, or they think, well, I can save a little bit of money and I'm going to go with this other brand because it's cheaper. They always come back because there's such a world of difference in the quality. Uh, the plus CBD 
and the thing that really sold me on it is when they came out with soft gels a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Rather than dealing with how much in a dropper and how many drops and this, that, and the other, boy, people just, you know, people can take a tiny little soft gel and they generally will uh, versus messing with oils and drop. It's just so right. easy. And you know, I know how much they're getting because there's a, I know like a, their concentrate, their gold soft gel. I know they're going to get 15 milligrams of CBD and like 45 milligrams of hemp oil uh, with all the other good things in there in addition to the CBD. I know exactly that's what they're getting. So I generally start people on uh, one gold soft gel twice a day and adjust from there. Some people, if you feel like after six, eight hours, you feel anxiety creeping back in, take another one, you know, then you maybe need, you know, every, every six or eight hours, you need to take one. Other people find that you take one, you feel the anxiety decrease, but doesn't go away. We'll try taking two next time. I've got some patients that take literally five or six at a time. I've got other people that take one at night and none during the day because that's where their comfort level is. Other people take, you know, two at a time, three times a day. It just really depends on the individual. And that's one of the hardest things is adjusting the dose. There's not, it's not an antibiotic. It's not a X, Y, or Z. It's really because our cannabinoid system is really an on-demand kind of system, you have to be able to adjust at the individual level. Yes. And I love two of the things that you said there, because I've been uh, trumpeting these things for quite a while. Uh, One is that unfortunately, because CBD has become such a hot topic, there are so many companies that have jumped into the mix that either don't know what they're doing or aren't doing things correctly. And, And one of the sad things for me is that with CBD being such a life-changing thing for certain people, if they start on something that isn't good, then they'll oftentimes just discount the whole, you know, lot of it and say, well, CBD is not for me. It doesn't work. So I'm, I've been very cautious in the five years that we've sold CBD at Vitality Nutrition. We still carry two brands. Uh, two brands is all I, the, I get approached at least at least twice a week with somebody else trying to sell me something new. And some of that stuff is good stuff. And I've certainly had uh, clients come and have success with other brands, but I'm confident with the two brands that we carry, one of which, of course, is CV Sciences. And uh, I don't see any reason to branch out too much further. But the other thing that I love about you said is feel free to experiment with CBD, it's very, very safe stuff. You can take more if you need more. You can use less if less does the job. But uh, one of the things that stunk, and I'm so with you on the soft gel thing, when CBD was basically only available in liquids, the issue was oftentimes that people thought they were taking maybe too much because they were taking a whole dropper full or two dropper fulls and thinking that was way too much. But then when you look at the bottle, that's half of what's in a soft gel. I've been uh, very... Uh, adamant about people using the capsules so you can always gauge your dosage and then being very, very specific about, hey, please try more if you need more, less if you don't need as much. And generally speaking, within a week or so, uh, people trying different doses, they kind of figure out what, you know, what does the job in my experience. So, yeah. And, and, and the interesting thing, while, you know, you may, it may take people a week to realize, uh, and sometimes they don't even realize it. Maybe their spouse notices it. I, my experience has been if somebody's really having an issue with like anxiety, like now, besides to take a deep breath, 
I find that even with the soft gels, that you can get a pretty significant decrease in their anxiety in 20, 30 minutes at the most. Uh, so it doesn't, it, it, it works much quicker than you think. It doesn't have to build up. It's not like an antidepressant that has to build up over time. You can actually get a pretty immediate relief with a dose taken now, and that should occur within 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, I always tell people that you should expect some benefit the first day uh, with CBD, but you should expect that you'll probably get more benefit once you've uh, done it for a little while and you've figured out your, you know, your optimal dose. So totally agree. Uh, are there any other recommendations? We only have a couple minutes left. Uh, we're we're going to breathe deeper. We're going to shut off social media and regular media as much as possible. We're probably going to watch less stressful uh, things on Netflix while we're locked down. We're going to get outside, run around, enjoy the sun, get some good, clean sun exposure uh, with exposed skin so you can get that vitamin D. Any other suggestions you have for us in the last minute or so? Well, I, I would say, you know, because we're in this time of the COVID-19, I cannot emphasize besides the, the the support of the immune system i'm going to throw out four things i'm not going to give you doses i'm just going to tell you that they're really important is vitamin d not just from the sun but i think vitamin d is shown to be helpful with uh, preventing and limiting respiratory illness in general so vitamin d you you know people get worried about taking too much. It's really hard to take too much vitamin D. That's what I tell people. You have to try really hard. You have to try really hard. And it's not over, especially the over-counter doses, you're going to, yeah, you you would get tired of taking them before you would have too much. Uh, So vitamin D, absolutely. Vitamin C is a huge one. And there's actually some evidence that shows that even IV vitamin C in people who are really sick with this covid disease that can maybe make the difference between life and death um so i would be taking you know a thousand milligrams of vitamin d every day you know uh, what i'm reading right now is vitamin d Uh, sorry i went back and forth here vitamin d i would say two to five thousand international units a day Mm -hmm. um to keep you healthy uh vitamin c one to two thousand milligrams of vitamin c to try to keep your immune system strong. Um, and then don't discount. I like, I put almost all my patients on magnesium at night. Yes. Quality of sleep. <laughs> Huge fan. And you know, zinc is gets, is getting a lot of play right now. And I'm a big fan of uh, zinc and magnesium from the mineral standpoint and vitamin D and vitamin C from the vitamin side of things. Excellent. Well, you and I are definitely, uh, of a like mind when it comes to those things. I've been talking about those a lot uh, over the last few weeks and months for sure. Well, doctor, I would love to have you go for another 20 or 30 minutes, but we just don't have the time. I very, very much appreciate you joining me. I know that you're busy and I appreciate you taking the time out to uh, speak with me and my listeners. And uh, hey, keep up the good work. Uh, You've got some great stuff on YouTube. Uh, You've got a great little stress thing on uh, the CB Sciences uh, YouTube page. If people want more information about you and what you do, where do they go? Well, I, I would say three things. One is um, you mentioned the YouTube, the CV Sciences, and if people were wondering, it's, it's C as in Charlie, V as in Victor, right. CV Sciences TV on YouTube. Uh, lots of great information there. We're putting up more content all the time. 
when I retired from the military, I started a small nonprofit, and the website for that is brainhealtheducation.org. That's brainhealtheducation.org. And if people want to learn more, you got time. Hey, you're in lockdown. You got plenty of time. Get on to Amazon, <laughs> order my book, When Brains Collide. And When Brains Collide is really about my experience and laying out the, the case and, and the protocols for using the higher doses of omega-3s like we talked about, but yeah. more specifically for um, not just physical injury to the brain, but I think it also applies for the mental injury for the brain like we're experiencing now. Um, so when brains collide, available on Amazon. Excellent. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Lewis. I appreciate your time. Uh, we're going to go ahead and cut to a break. I'll have just a couple minutes on the other side of this uh, break to wrap up the show. You're listening to me, Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. During this COVID-19 challenge, Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful now offers curbside pickup. Just call 801-292-6662. We will take your order by phone and have it ready when you get to our parking lot. We can also ship product to most of Utah next day. Give us a call at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Thank you. All righty. Welcome back to Vitality Radio. I'm your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair. I thought that was a really great conversation with Dr. Lewis. And uh, because of time restraints, I needed to get him out of there. But I want to go ahead and kind of wrap up what we were talking about to make sure it's clear because I constantly get questions after the fact when I've done these shows uh, when we kind of rush through it too quickly. So his recommendations, about two to 5,000 units of vitamin D daily, uh, one to 2,000 milligrams of vitamin C. Of course, I've been recommending high levels of vitamin C and D through this whole thing. So he and I are right uh, in line there. And he also recommended zinc and magnesium. And I love that magnesium recommendation because it just doesn't get recommended enough. So I was really excited. I had no idea what he was going to offer up when I asked him if he had any other um, you know, recommendations. But man, he uh, rattled off uh, the things that I believe in the very most. So I love that. With the magnesium, I didn't. we didn't get a chance to go into uh, detail, but um, I believe he has his people taking magnesium glycinate, if I understand correctly, at night. And a lot of people do that with very good success. As you know, if you listen to me much, I talk about the foot baths with magnesium, which I am a huge fan of. And a combination of both, I think, is probably ideal uh, with the glycinate uh, at night as well as the foot baths. And we've had very, very good success with that. Remember, Vital C is now available. Vital C is a new formula that I developed during this COVID crisis to help people get their immune systems built to the uh, appropriate levels. Vitamin C is the primary ingredient in there. You've got zinc as well, all from a scorbate form. So these are some of the very best forms of vitamin C and zinc that you can get in terms of absorption, staying in the system for a longer period of time. And you can take it at a high dose if you start to feel ill, but you can take it at a maintenance dose of two to 3,000 milligrams a day 
as well. And then it has 150 milligrams of olive leaf per capsule, olive leaf, leaf extract. One thing that uh, Dr. Lewis did not mention, but that I am a big fan of in terms of uh, warding off uh, infections of all kinds. Really, really great stuff. All of those three things available in Vital C. If you have any questions about anything you heard on today's episode, give us a call at Vitality Nutrition, whether you're listening in Bangladesh or Bountiful. It doesn't matter. We can help you over the phone. It's 801-292-6662, 801-292-6662. I've got to run. You're listening to me, Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. been listening to the vitality radio podcast enjoy your week in the meantime jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it vitality radio is researched and written by jared st Clair, produced by elizabeth joy windham with very limited help from jared our awesome music is by brian bob young Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Vitality Radio. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast has not been evaluated by the FDA. This podcast is provided with the understanding that the information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a medical professional. Thank you.